What a joy it is to be in the house of the Lord one more time. Hallelujah. I probably say that every time I get up, but I want God to know I'm happy to be here. Happy to be here. Hallelujah. And uh, it's good to see the house full tonight. And I concur with Brother Caleb Sampson. Um, it's good to see our guest here. And uh, I don't know if it's your first time. I don't really know anybody here. I don't know if it's your first time to come to an apostolic Pentecostal church service, but we are nuts. We're nuts for Jesus. Yes, we are. We're crazy about him because he's crazy about us. Hallelujah. And when you fall in love with somebody, everybody knows around you that you're in love. Or at least they should. I've preached on this topic many times, and in some ways it's going to connect with what I'm uh, planning on preaching tonight, but they come to our Pentecostal church service as elder, and oh man, church is supposed to be quiet, prim, and proper. Not according to this book, it's not. You say you believe the Bible. You go to a football game. You know how you know who the fans are? They are not the ones sitting in the stands doing this. Now, borrow your phone for a second. Mine's up there. That's not the kind of fan I want. If I'm, if I'm down there getting mauled and run over by a 375 pound fat boy that can run faster than I can, I want somebody at least up screaming and hollering, jumping. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hey, it's almost football season again. And in Green Bay, Wisconsin, they're gonna be there, guys, with no shirts on. Painted green and yellow, screaming drunk out of their mind. And nobody asked them to go. They paid the price. Matter of fact, if you want to be honest, they showed up for church, they paid tithe and offering, and they worshiped and they responded. It's their church. So, how much more should you and I, when we come to the house of the Lord, Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise because if anybody's worthy of the praise, it's him. It's him. It's him. It's him who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. And oh, y'all pray for my voice. I wish I had, I'm supposed to have a real strong voice for what I'm about to preach. But it's an honor again to be here. Thank you, Elder and Sister Sampson, the Sampson family. I've thoroughly enjoyed myself. And if I'm ever invited back, if I didn't do too bad, I'll try to bring my family next time, or at least my boss. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you for the room and the goodies and all of the fellowship and the food. And I don't, don't want to know how many pounds I put on. I was barely able to squeeze into this suit tonight. 
This is a suit that I had not put on since my kidney transplant when I was down to 157. They told me the day I had my transplant, oh, you're going to put 40 pounds on. I said, the devil's a liar. I put 50 on. And I had to get back down, move to South Louisiana where we have the best food in the world and I can't believe it, but I've dropped over 20 pounds. But since I left on vacation a week or so ago, I've probably put some back on. But God's good. Okay, it's time to exercise. Stand up. If you're a guest here tonight, you don't have to be involved. This is, if you want to, that's great. Instead of just reading my first scripture text, we're going to act it out. And uh, we might as well go out with a bang tonight if the Lord will give me the voice to do so. I've not come to hype you up. I've come to preach a biblical principle that if the apostolic movement ever needed to get a hold of, it better get a hold of tonight. Hallelujah. Somebody quote to me. You ought to know it. Preachers, you can't, you can't do it. I want a saint to quote to me verbatim, Psalms 47 and 1. Come on, Bible scholars. I'll give you the first word. Oh. Okay, you ready? Listen, here's your instructions. I want you... And I say go to clap your hands as hard as you can as if you were so excited that whoever you think needs to be in the president next walks in the house and out of honor, we give them a standing ovation. Don't say a word. I just want you to clap your hands. Go. Thank you. Sound pretty good. Only thing we got out of that, though, was worked our hands and palms may hurt. Now, if you don't believe God demands sound, noise from your vocal cords, then if you don't think it makes a difference... I want you to obey now Psalms 47 and 1 and clap your hands and shout with a voice of triumph. Thank you, Jesus. Now, 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 did you feel any different? Because God plan, his, God's plan always works. Luke chapter 19, verse number 37. Again, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. You have a beautiful building, great future. Just keep up the hard work. Keep loving God, loving people. Really, that's the two main commandments. Everything comes from that. Love him, love people. Real simple. 
The only problem is if it wasn't for people, it wouldn't be so hard to live for God. It's in people's man that say stuff and do stuff. And, and we do too. Luke chapter 19, beginning with verse number 37. This is speaking of Christ's triumphal entry into Jerusalem. And when he was come nigh, even now at the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with, say it with me, a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen, saying, Blessed be the King that cometh in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Verse 39 shows us the spirit of that day and that spirit is running rampant in our world right now. And some of the Pharisees from among the multitude said unto him, Master, rebuke thy disciples. I'll put it in today's terminology. Would you tell those loud mouths to shut up? And Jesus looked at them and said, I tell you that if these should hold their peace, the stones would immediately cry out. My grandfather preached a revival many, many, many years ago in Louisiana and several young men, rough guys, street thugs, got the Holy Ghost. And when they did, I guess he was preaching from this text. They brought the next service, Brother Caleb Sampson, a pile of rocks and laid them on the pulpit for the rest of their revival because they were going to prove to everybody and to God they were not letting those stones outpraise them. That would really have happened, folks. That wasn't a figure of speech. The Lord said, if I shut them up, the stones, because you hear this preacher, nature is going to praise him. The mountains, the streams, the trees, the birds, it's in your book. Hallelujah. And hear me. You look up the word. I'm fixing to let you be seated. Shout, back to 47 and 1, shout, voice, and triumph. Every last one of those words, are you ready? I'm sorry, has everything to do with ear-splitting sound. Not, I love you. Oh, you're so... Uh-uh. You're going to do that in the world. How much more do you think you should do it for him? <laughs> Lift your voice, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your presence. God, I humbly stand before you again. Anoint my mind and my lips of clay. Put the words in my mouth, God. Touch my voice tonight. Help me to preach this to the best of my ability. Let us leave here challenged and changed by your word. God, we're careful to give you the praise, the honor, and the glory. And let the church say amen. If you're going to help me preach, you may be seated. Look at that. Everybody's going to help me preach. 7 times in the book of Psalms the phrase make a joyful noise is found again let me read to you the biblical definition of joyful noise tamar that's a pretty strong word tamar especially by breaking figuratively to split the ears with sound that is to shout that's bible hear me tonight there is something incredibly vital to you and I when we open our mouth and produce a loud sound. Hallelujah. 
Hey, Lord, they cast their worshiping. And hear me, I'm going to say this and move on. And this church does a great job as a whole. But as an evangelist, as a preacher, as a pastor, I've been there. You look out and you watch people. It's just a part of being on the platform. Matter of fact, I invite all of you. Come up here. At the same time, you stay out there, which is impossible. You ought to watch some of us. I don't care where you go. You ought to watch some of us sometime. You wonder why a pastor or whoever's leading the service is like, come on. Because sometimes this is what we look like. Our God's falling all around us. Our lips are sealed. And we're going through the Pentecostal calisthenics. Because that's all we've ever done. It's what we know to do. You can do all of this all day long, but until you open this right here. That's why the devil, I've already said it in this revival, he is trying his best to shut every apostolic Pentecostal worshiper of the true and living God's mouth because there's something that happens in your world, in heaven, and in hell when you open the mouth and use the vocal cords that God gave you. I'm not preaching hype tonight. I'm preaching Bible. Jesus said, if I told them to be quiet, then somebody's going to praise me. Somebody's going to lift their voice. Somebody is going to make a sound. And so, for us biblical scholars, theologians, and geniuses, the house is full tonight. Let me take you to one of the very quickly, to one of the most famous stories deals with what I'm talking about. Anybody here willing tonight to admit, got some troubles, got some situations that look unsurmountable, can't seem to find the answer, can't seem to get a breakthrough? Well, the children of Israel found that when they faced the towering walls of Jericho. The preacher stepped to the pulpit in that revival, and he had one message the first night. The first night, he said, listen, tomorrow, for two and a half to three million people. Bear with me, it's going to take a minute. This is a good-sized building. Think with me, two and a half to three million people, brother. That was an absolute miracle. I would have failed because my grandfather told me that I, had been, I was vaccinated with a phonograph needle when I was born. I like to talk. And the message was, don't open your mouth and say one single word. We're going to march as a congregation around the walls of Jericho. Shake hands, you're dismissed. And the next morning, they marched one time around that great city. And no doubt the people on the wall... Brother Samson, like, man, what are those idiots doing? Well, let me tell you something. There was one little lady in there that knew what was fixing to happen. Ah, oh, that's a whole nother message in itself. She got her house in order. She didn't understand everything that was going on, but she had heard the word from God. If you'll get in this house and you'll hang that scarlet cord, which represented the blood of Jesus Christ, and you'll get everybody in the house that you can get in, your house will be saved. I've come to tell somebody tonight, if you don't know who Jesus is, you better get him in your house because the word is coming down around us. It's fixing to be over. Jesus is coming soon. 
and he's coming back after true worshipers that worship him in spirit and in truth. There's a lot of people that have truth, elder, but they don't have much spirit. They don't put much heart into it. It takes both. And so, second day revival. Man, what's he going to preach tonight? Same message. Okay. Thank you. I appreciate that. Tomorrow we're going to do it again. Man. Stuff gets old. I've heard this over and over and over again. Kind of that last night, that sixth night. Everybody's, oh God, please don't let it be insane. Well, it wasn't. It got better. Today, folks, we're going to march around, uh, not once, but seven times. Keep your mouth zipped, not a word. I'm not making this story up, it's in the book. Two and a half to three million people, kids, grandkids, snotty-nosed brats. I know there's none of them here. Don't get offended, please. Calm down. I was a brat sometime. So were you more than likely. But the end of that message, Elder, had a little bit different ring to it. By this time, those people are laughing at them, making fun, mocking. Some of them, hey, I preached it last night. Some was probably intimidated. Man, they're making fun of me. How are we going to take this city? This makes no sense at all. But the word was this. Joshua said, listen, and it shall come to pass when they make a long blast, speaking of the, tr- uh, the, uh, the priest with the ram's horn, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, all the people shall shout with a great shout. Hallelujah. And just here recently, somebody penned the words to this song. The Israelite people rivaled by a wall. But when the people shouted that wall, it had to fall. There is a sound that makes walls fall down. There is a sound that makes walls fall down. There is a sound that makes walls fall down. Release the sound. Release the sound. Release the sound. You're not just screaming to scream. It's biblical. When they marched that seventh time and the priest blew the trumpet, look out, Satan, look out. Look out, Jericho. We obeyed the word of God. We may not have understood it all. It didn't make any sense to us. But when two and a half to three million people lifted their voice, You hear this preacher, when you're willing to release a sound, heaven's going to release a sound. That shout wasn't this kind of shout. That's dancing. This is the shout they had to release. They may have been standing still. Somebody may have been jumping. I don't know. But I'm going to tell you, there was an earth splitting, ear-shattering sound. And when they did, the walls went straight down into the ground. And they walked flat over and took the city. Ah, hey, what is it, lighthouse, apostolic or apostolic lighthouse? Apostolic lighthouse, you want to take your city? Release the sound.
Release the sound. Every time you come to church, release the sound. I don't care if it's Wednesday night. I don't care if it's Sunday morning or Sunday night or revival service. I don't care who's in the pulpit. None of that matters. What matters is I've come to release a sound. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Roy Hart, you can be seated. Roy Hart, a pioneer in the exploration of the voice, said the voice is the muscle of the soul. The voice is our most powerful instrument that has the greatest capacity to generate energy, change, and stimulate mental processes. Just the sound of your voice. Everybody say my voice. We produce a range of incredibly nuanced sounds that are capable of conveying meaning, emotion, and subtle cues to others. Oh, if you ever was a child, how many here was a child? Ah, thank you. My middle name is Dale. That's how I know you really know me when somebody calls me Terry Dale. Well, I'm going to tell you something, Elder. When my mom and my daddy and I heard Terry Dale... Hiya. That middle name added makes a lot of difference. It was not, hey Terry, would you please take out the garbage? Terry Dale, why haven't you taken out the garbage? Something about releasing the sound. Your voice is sound. It is an instrument that used consciously can reveal not only, the, listen, the present moment of your being where you are right now. It can also reveal and support the healing of one's past conditioning and problems affecting them. It doesn't take very long talking to somebody as they begin to talk and you hear the tone and the pitch and the volume of their voice. You can tell exactly where they are. The power of releasing the sound. Second Chronicles, again, I won't take the time to read all of the story. They, uh, Jehoshaphat finds himself between a rock and the hard place. It's time to battle the Ammonites, and he doesn't know what to do, and he's scared to death. And guess what? The Bible says, and Judah gathered themselves together to seek the Lord. Who's Judah? It's the tribe of the praisers. And let me just take you back real quick and tell you, praise and worship is not always perfect. Because Judah slept with his own unknowingly to him his own daughter-in-law and created something he should have never created but I'm going to tell you praise and worship can find an altar and fix things and you know how I know he fixed things elder because it's Judah's voice that is raised in defense of Joseph <laughs> think about it it was the tribe, the daddy of the tribe. Oh, he's also in the lineage. Oh, we talk about, uh, we have an adversary. Talking about sound as a roaring lion. He's not really a lion, but he, his roar convinces us. But guess what? Judah is in the lineage of Jesus Christ. The lion of the tribe of Judah. And there's something about God's chosen People, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. It's not an option. It's not a choice. It's a responsibility to release the sound of the power of the Holy Ghost. 
Hallelujah. So they're seeking the face of God. God sends a prophet with a word. Hey, don't worry. Don't be afraid. Tomorrow, the battle is not yours, but God's. They all gather together. They, right, right, they got up in the morning. They got everybody together. They got the singers. And they told them what to say. And your Bible and my Bible says this is, this is a group of people and, and we feel this way sometimes. And I feel so, uh, man, what's somebody going to think if I don't look right dancing? I got to get there. God's not interested in choreography. He's interested in somebody that's not worried about what anybody else thinks. Not worried what it looks like. It don't have to be on beat. And I know you laughed and that's fine, but we better be careful because there's a lady that laughed that God struck her barren. Michael never had children because she had a problem with David's worship. You hear me? She remained barren. Barren because she made fun of a tribe of the Judah praiser. David, I love his attitude. Hey, honey, I love you, but I don't love you that much because you think you, you, this is bad. You ain't seen nothing yet. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hey, I'm telling you, there's a lot of places if we cut the music out, it'd blow your mind how quite an apostolic Pentecostal church can be. Picking anybody, but I watched it at night. Your mouth's not even moving. Well, that just becomes applause. It becomes worship when you put it with your mouth. When I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for me, my soul cries out, hallelujah. Oh, it does what? It cries out. Hallelujah. And when they began to sing, they released the sound and to praise the Lord. He said ambushments and they were all smitten. Now hear me, hear me. We make this statement and there is a ring of truth to it that you can praise yourself out of your troubles. You can praise, but you cannot worship over sin. There is a big difference. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. The only requirement for praising God is breath. That means every individual on the face of the earth ought to be praising God. But he's seeking something a whole lot more. He's seeking relationship. That's what worship is all about is relationship. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's too many Pentecostals that get the Holy Ghost. And they do like the old story goes. The husband that looked at his wife. On the day they got married, he said, baby, I love you. And if I ever change my mind, I'll tell you. Poor man. And poor lady. Because that's not love. Love exudes. Love shows. Love is not a feeling, it's a verb. 
And there's no greater way to show God we love him. Matter of fact, that's why you and I were even created. Revelations tells us we were created to bring him glory and honor and praise. Do you understand that's all the angels do? Holy, 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 holy. Holy, 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 holy. But you know what God wanted? He wanted a an individual that he created uh, that fell in sin, messed up, uh, had no hope, uh, and all of a sudden uh, walked into an apostolic Pentecostal church service uh, and he filled them with the Holy Ghost uh, and out of the abundance of their heart and their love and desire for God, they began to release a sound. Hallelujah. Did you see? It's easy. It's easy. When we're here together. You give me just a few minutes. I want to zero it down. There's some people in here tonight. You need victory. There's some people here tonight. You're facing some situations that you don't have the answers for. I'm giving you a remedy tonight to help you through and out the other side of your trial. Release the sound. Arms, arms, Bartimaeus, what are you doing? I'm doing what I know to do. Blind, I don't have much. Arms, blind Bartimaeus one day heard <laughs> that Jesus was passing by. Hallelujah, release the sound. He didn't know much about Jesus, but he knew one thing. I've heard story after story after story after story. He's a miracle worker. He's blind. He can't see, but oh, he can hear. And little did blind Bartimaeus know or anybody else that day, that was the very last time that Jesus would ever walk down the road to Jericho. And we come to church. And well, not tonight, God. I don't feel like it. I had a rough day. This happened. That happened. I'll reach out to you next service. Blind Bartimaeus would have never had a next service. And we allow pride and we allow our troubles to overwhelm us when all God's wanting is you just to eke out a sound. And he heard Jesus and he hears this crowd. He can't see. Hey, hey, guys. Uh, hey, who is that? Oh, that's that Jesus. Yeah, who? Jesus. And blind Bartimaeus said, <clears throat> Hey, Jesus. I need you. Arms, arms. Jesus! Jesus! Hey! I mean, let me tell you something. When you get desperate enough and sick and tired of where you are and the world you're living in, you will release a sound. It's amazing how many atheists have cried out on their deathbed when they realize something ain't right here. Listen, he ain't got 
time for you. Jesus! Be quiet. Be quiet. You're going to mess up the worship service. Uh-huh. Oh my, I hope sister so-and-so don't let out that war room tonight. So-and-so's here. That's exactly, that's exactly what so-and-so needs to hear. Hallelujah. We read these stories and we're like, oh, that's good. Hey, be quiet. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And watch what happened. Watch. Jesus has people all around him. They're talking. They're jostling. Hey, God, I need you. Yeah, like we do. Okay, Lord, I'm here. If you want to touch me, great. If not, no wonder. <sighs> Jesus. Hey, hey. Who's that I hear hollering for me? Oh, come on, Jesus. Everybody. No, 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 no. Jesus stopped dead in his tracks. Bring him to me. Thank you. It started with the release of a sound. But here's a little, here's a little nugget we forget. And it's so important to the story. I don't need that beggar's cloak anymore. I'm going to get my miracle. I'm not coming back the same way I left. I released the sound Jesus has called for me. Hallelujah. And when he went there, Jesus healed him all because he released a sound. The sound. Brother Zach, don't go sit down. Come sit front and center. You ever acted before? Oh, Brother Whit, that's just one example. Thank you. Here, I'm going to give you another one. Two preachers all day long preaching Jesus, knocking doors and witnessing. These stories are so elementary and so old, and we read over them going, oh, that's great. Everything written in that book was for our inspiration and our example. And there's old Paul and Silas. How you doing, guys? Your backs are laid open. I want you to be real. Don't be spiritual for a minute. Just be real. Your backs are laid open. There's rats running around, roaches crawling up all over you, in chains, in the inner prison, the bottom, nasty, dirty, no social media, no internet to look at, nobody, uh, your breath stinks. Besides that, you're doing good. So how you feeling right now? Be real. Miserable, I hate it. Thank you. God don't have a problem with that. But you can't stay there. And the clock's ticking. 
<laughs> the clock's ticking in real life right now. It's almost midnight. <laughs> and Paul looks at Silas and Silas looks at Paul. And I don't know which one. Hey, you know what? You ain't got nothing better to do. We don't have Facebook down here so we can't gossip about the latest dingbat that posted all of their problems for the whole world to read. And where they ate today, like we care. We have become the most self-centered generation. I don't care what you have on today. I will see you more than likely. Oh, brother, wait, you're, oh I know I'm stepping on toes because I can't get overgrown adults that are addicted to what people think about them in social media. Oh my God, I lost a friend today. They weren't your friend. They're just nosy. Hey, we got nothing better to do. Let's start praying. Yeah, it'd be a good idea. deliver us right now. Y'all keep praying. I tell you what it wasn't. Oh God, this ain't fair. I didn't ask for this. I've been preaching today. Why me, Lord? And they pray. But they didn't just do that. I know you can sing. Can you sing? Yeah, you can sing. <laughs> the quality hey, that's it. No. I can praise. You, you can sing. Because I'm going to tell you something. God don't care one little iota if you're in tune. God's sick and tired of unanointed talent. But oh, and Paul and Silas begin to pray and sing praises. Instantly at midnight, their entire situation changed and the jail began to rock and it began to shake and the chains fell off. And revival souls prayed through when just two people, just two people released a sound. One more story and I'm done. I know I've waxed long every night since I've been here. I'm fixing to turn it on your head. You ready? I hope to God somebody's listening. It's bad, folks. Let me tell you how bad it is. This is not a Hollywood script. Oh, thank you guys. Y'all go sit down. Y'all did good. And there was a great famine in Samaria. Behold, they besieged it until an ass's head was sold for four score pieces of silver and the fourth part of a cab of dove's dung for five pieces of silver. If you keep reading, they were eating children. That's Bible. That's how bad folks it can get. But God and the preacher came. 
with a word from God. And he gives a promise. And he gives a word tomorrow about this time. This, 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 and this is going to happen. And God, you hear me tonight. You better be careful. Your response to the word of God. Because there was a carnal guy sitting there and said, I'll believe it when I see it. And the man of God whipped around and looked at him and said, You're dead on, my friend. You're going to see it, but you'll never be a part of it. Hallelujah. That's the stage that was set. Give me four young men on the jiffy. Quick, four. One, two, three, four. There you go. There's four. Sit down in the front right here. We're having fun acting tonight. This is acting class. Now, y'all got smiles right now. I want to take that smile off your face for a minute and be real. There's a famine. I just read to you what they're eating just step out on a limb and tell America something are you ready those days are coming quicker than you and I realize right here I didn't think I'd get that kind of response brother Whit, not in America oh yeah most definitely folks we have gone beyond politics we are dealing with pure evil wicked people and God has a lot to say about the people. You do understand he sets them up and he takes them down. You better make sure you're on the right side. Because he's fixing to start pulling the wool and, the, and the, the curtains back. And it's a famine. And there's four, I love this. There's four leprous men sitting at the gate. They're not even in the city, folks. It's, we know, hey, leprosy is a part of sin. I don't care where you are tonight, who you are, what you're going through. If you'll release a sound. Four leprous men sitting at the gate. No food. They're on the outside. They don't even have friends and family. They've been kicked out because that was the law. Hello? Hey, I'm sure quiet. <laughs> Not good at all. Horrible. Thank you. Who knows? Maybe they were missing an eye. Oh, that's <laughs> Ear, eye, nose. That's what leprosy does. That's what sin does. And you can't stop it. Maybe one of them is in the toes, fingers, legs. They've hurt. But all of a sudden... One of them got a text. Hey guys, look. We'll put it in today's world. Look, straight from the throne room, the preacher came by church <laughs> tonight and God gave a word. You want to know what it is? Well, we're on the outside looking in. We're half dead. Yeah, go ahead and tell us. Said tomorrow about this time. Victory's coming. <laughs> the answer is on the way let me tell you what they didn't do well you know we're on the outside that's not for us we're outcasts we're outsiders God doesn't love us God doesn't care about us all of that's a lie from the pits of hell you need to quit listening to the wrong voice but the Bible says and they said why sit we here until 
we die. We sit here, we're going to die. We can't go in the city. If they did, we'd all die together. Why don't we just get up and release a sound? I don't know if they said a word, but I'm going to tell you something. You go look up the definition of sound. It has everything to do with vibrations. And when that first Atara Bosha picked his foot up and put his, the next one down, God, God began to pay attention. There's a whole city locked up with no help, no hope. It's a famine. Get up, guys, and walk with me. Four leprous men got up just four. Not 120, not 3,000, not two, not one. We're four now. Ah, and they begin to make their way to the enemy's camp. And I'm telling you, when they got up and they released the sound, God released the sound from heaven. Oh, yes, he did. And when they got there, they couldn't have done it if they had tried when they got there. Woo! All you can eat, buffet. Dillard's clearance sale. They left it all because God made a sound from heaven that sounded as if an entire army but that would have never happened if four down on their luck, leprous, dying men had not gotten up from where they are, were, thank you guys, and released the sound. You're looking at me and I'm looking at you because we've gotten so used to doing this. Elder, what has ever happened to the desperation in Pentecost? Well, I'll go if so and so goes. I'll cry out and lift my voice if, you know, it's not how blind Bartimaeus looked at it. It's not how the four lepers men looked at it. But tell you another lady that released the sound. When she left, see, we go come to church and, well, hey, if God really loves me, he knows where I am. He can walk to my pew and touch me. Oh, yeah, he can. But he didn't do it for the woman with the issue of blood. He could have went and knocked on her door and said, you're made whole. He didn't even go by her house. She had to leave where she was. She was at the point of death. She had tried all she had had. She spent all the money she had. Went to doctors. And she left. When she left that front porch, she released a sound. God already knew she was coming. The hustle and the bustle. And she reaches out. She said, if I can but touch. See, when she made that statement, she released the sound. That's all God was looking for. If I can just but touch. I don't need him laying his hand on my head. I don't need an audience with him. I just need to touch the hem of his garment. And we're sitting in an incredibly beautiful building. Added views, air conditioning, technology, music, great singing, great pastor, leadership. And here comes a lady. I just have to believe by the time she got there, she was so weak and weary. And there's people everywhere, probably her hands are stepped on. She could have got offended. She could have turned around and went home. She said, but if I, I got to keep going. It's my last hope. It's my only hope. If I can just but touch. And she reached out and she grabbed.
And oh, brothers and sisters, I'm sorry it takes a lot of pride out of us. We're good at doing this. You can't touch the hem of somebody's garment standing flat-footed, my friend. Well, take that back if you want to argue. If you can bend over and touch your toes, then you possibly can. I ain't going to try. I can't do that. But you understand what I'm saying. You got to be willing to humble yourself. And when she did, the answer came. I'm not talking about 900 mile an hour church, and thank God for that. I love shout outs. But what is, stand with me tonight. What has happened to the desperation of the apostolic movement? Or it doesn't matter who's watching. It doesn't matter what song is sung. It doesn't matter who's singing. It doesn't matter who's preaching. We're willing to cry out. I'm not fussing anybody tonight. I'm trying to challenge us. I'm talking about let out, not just for attention. I'm talking about when you understand you've done all you could do. You've prayed. You've fasted. You've talked. You've counseled. You've heard the preaching. There's something I can go on and on and on in that book and show you the power of the release of the sound. And I'm not trying to pump and prime and I'm not trying to hype you up, but you hear how quiet it is here? Now, if I was preaching one God, Acts 2.38, uh-huh, uh-huh. I was getting on our holding the standards. And then we walk out still do what we want to sometime. But heaven's waiting. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly, there came a sound from heaven. Why? Because there were 120 men and women that for over several, several days had been lifting their voice, waiting on the promise from the Father. Father. 